This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be And now your host, TJ. And here we go again. We're back with the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod U.S. Fan TV Mashup Show. And tonight I'm going to get joined again by Chris. Pat is not available for some specific reason. I'm not sure why. Chris, I'll let you fill in on that one. But So it's just me and you again this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Pat, uh, uh, I know he told me, but I don't remember what he's doing now. But, yeah, he's been more involved with uh, – his son's soccer and some other things lately. So yeah, he hasn't been available and he hasn't been able to figure out uh, what the hell's going on with YouTube either. That um, I'll admit I haven't been following up myself uh, to try and get us back on the air, but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he remains elusive. Do we need, do we need to renegotiate his contract again? Is that what kind of what we're looking at here or? Yeah. yeah. Starting, I'm starting to wonder about him. You know, it's such a great soccer mind and such a great host. And I miss his hats. So didn't even see him at the fire game. You know, this past weekend. So um, yeah, I think I think um, I think his son was at a tournament or something because he he did tell me that um, uh, his son's the, the the team he was playing with uh, the their opponent was actually coached by um, Mahalovich's dad. Oh, really? And that, uh, yeah, that Mahalovich's that, uh, dad was trying to recruit his son to come play for him. <laughs> wow. And and I was going to come in, come in with this later, but I might as well transition to that now. Is um So today I went out to Rockford to go see my nephew play for the first time ever. And the real reason why I, I go to that is, and my nephew is 16, he just got his driver's license. Why is it the first time ever? Well, they live in Minnesota, and it's just finding the scheduling time, so on, so forth, et cetera, et cetera. That said... Plays a, plays a, he plays a really good goalie, which, you know, and you know his dad. His dad was a good goalie, so it, it kind of goes with the goes with the territory. After that game, I think every one of the outdoor games was canceled, but they played indoors. And I'm not talking like on a U12 size indoor field. I'm talking like full 120 by 75 or whatever indoor turf field that this was a U16 game. If he punted it straight up, he might be able to hit the ceiling. But even that was, you know, so it played like a regular game. It was kind of cool. Hmm. But to bring it back to point is you were saying that um, Finn, uh, that Pat's son was being recruited by Georgie Mihalovic's dad. To go back to It's a Small World, um, the first game they played, or it was the second game, I think, that Noah's team played this weekend was the carcass that is Kettle Moran Soccer Club came back. Hmm. So I forget, I don't remember the name of the club, but whatever it came out, it became after was it Chicago soccer's came in and ran them into the ground or whatever the carcass of them and lakes and whatever that, that new club that formed after that disaster, that was, um, they played against them and they beat them one, nothing, I guess. So anyway, I just, I thought you would find that funny. So that, that, yeah, they, um, that, that still exists what, for those what, who don't know. Like, they were KMSC for a while, but, uh, yeah, I don't know what they are now. I think they KMSC. I think that's right. And yeah, now they're, um, like, Strike FC or something like that. Um, if there's only, you know, if there's only some way, <laughs> look this kind of information up. Um, 
you know, that would be one of those ways to do it. But unfortunately, I'm really not going to get that deep into it tonight. Um, so that said, let's we can move on. So Friday night we had the Chicago Fire playing one of the lesser teams in the league in Vancouver. But I will say, Vancouver, I will say this about Vancouver. Between that white kit that we, we did the analysis on a few weeks and the dark kit that they wore on Friday night, they have the best set of uniforms in the league, bar none. Even the, even the dark one, I, I can't, couldn't tell if it was navy or if it was like that charcoal or whatever. But it, I think it's navy, but it looked really slick. So it was a good, it was a good uniform. So, you know, and you follow Chicago Fire Twitter, and I don't know how much you follow, but I, I think you do here. I know you do it for the laughs. How many of them are but, calling for Panovich's head now? Well, I know one that's not. Well, I'm not, but who else is? What do you mean? Who? I meant Don. <laughs> mm. Don will support. You know what's funny is, and Don into his. Hey, what, and when they do let Panovich go, whoever they place, they're gonna be. He's gonna be the best coach ever until he gets fired. You know that. Yeah, and that's how yeah, it works. Yeah. But everybody's like, look at the results this year. They are two hollers away from being having ten points at this point in the year, and I get it. They have five, but they I should mean, have, realistically yeah, they should have ten. There's something to be said for. I, I I don't know if you could say it's bad luck. I mean, or 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 perhaps good luck in a sense. Um, I, I mean, you know, some of those some of the results uh, have come with late goals um, for for the fire. I mean, it's in some cases to rescue games, but. Um, yeah, there's, you know, they, they haven't been able to stop uh, anyone really, which certainly has been a problem. I mean, I, I know, um, uh, well, uh, like like um, uh, the penalty to, to save it against uh, Vancouver, um, but even like, uh, what was it? Um, I mean, they, they did have the lead against TFC uh, a week ago. Now, granted, TFC isn't the team it was um you know, a year or two ago, but they were undefeated at that point. They were undefeated at that point. It was the first non non win they had, I think. Maybe it was their second draw, but but the the goal they gave up against Vancouver was terrible. I don't know if you. I'm sure you saw it on replay, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go back to the Orlando game where it was the I gotta get you get it moment between Ousted and uh and Kapelhoff. Those are two games. You take those howlers out. Those that's. Those are three-point games. They were the better side in both of those, and it really wasn't that close. The common theme in both of them, hitting the target. That seems to be the problem, and will that get better? You hope it will. The other thing is you talk about luck, and luck is always a part of it. And we, I've said this to anybody, you know, and I think anytime we've talked about the fire, I thought the side had talent. They don't have depth, and I think that's kind of what you're seeing now when you start to look at them, like, cause they lost Frankowski. Okay. You don't have Frankowski. Who do you put on that left out on that left wing? Sapong, but Sapong always pulls into the middle. And then now almost is like a second forward with, with Nico. So you really are almost playing without a left wing and you're expecting somebody Gucher, who's not really a left fullback trying to play up and Cover back. All that. Yeah. Right. And you, you hear, you hear the complaints about, about, um, Gatan playing, you know, he's a natural 10 at this point in his career. I guess he used to play wide, but at this point in his career, he doesn't have the speed to be to be a wide a wide player, so he plays more of a number 10. Again, now you're back to that same premise of when you play the, the two holding backs like um, 
you know, with uh, McCarty and Mo Adams, you kind of, you know, the other two that are going wide, the other two are wide. But if Sapong is already tucking inside, you're kind of leaving yourself in a, you know, in a tougher spot. So I think that's why uh, Gatan spent a lot of time out wide. It seemed like on Friday night specifically, he was, he was more a wide player than an inside player because Sapong keeps tucking inside. And I think that's some versatility it has. So I don't know. But I do want to tell this story because this is the, you know, this is Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. So you got to have a dad story in there. So Friday night, and I, and I told you and Pat this was coming down. So Friday night was um, Charlie Soccer Club. It was their night. It was Synergy Night at, at, at the stadium. So, Synerg- so they got to have everybody come out, hold the flags, and, and even walk out with the players. Char- Charlie got chosen to walk out with the players. Now, the mistake in the dadding, the dad part of this was we didn't tell him until we got to the stadium that he was going to be doing this. Oh, the reason, really? No, we, well, we wanted to be a surprise. We thought it would be fun. I, I knew. I mean, you, yeah, you, I remember you telling us about it. I didn't realize he didn't know. <laughs> he did not. Because uh, the dad in me says, if I tell him, he's going to go telling everybody about it and bragging yeah. about it. And I didn't want him showing up people who didn't get selected to do this within the club. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And that, and that's the, and I don't know who at school plays where, and I didn't want that to be an issue for him. So I, I kind of kept it for him. That was my mistake. I forget my son does not handle transition well. <laughs> so about an hour before the game, he is standing over in that holding area, over in the, I guess it's the southwest corner of the, of the park, screaming, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I don't want to. And this goes on and on. You know, the, the director, Coach Ben, he's trying to calm him down. We're all trying to calm him down. And all the rest of the kids that are walk, that are the player mascots, they're probably 11, U11s, U12s, U13s. They're in that range. Mm-hmm. And here you've got Charlie at seven. This, <laughs> so this keeps going on. And they finally offer him, Charlie, do you want to go hold the flag instead? Yeah. I'm like, no. And I go, he looks at me and I go, you know this. I'm like, and you know this. He's not going to, he probably will never get this chance again. Yeah, yeah. And if he goes to hold the flag, he's and he sees what he's missing, he's ultimately going to regret this. Mm-hmm. So I, I keep fighting him. I keep fighting him. I'm walking him over towards the, towards the locker room where he, they line up to go in and they have to be quiet and so on. And that's the part I have to let him go. We're walking over. I kid you not. He sits there. He goes, Dad, I'm going to tell Mom I hate you. <laughs> and I turn. Without a beat, I turn and look at him. I go, Charlie, simply put... If you don't do this, you will hate me more than you do now. Did it call him? No, not really. So I get him in lined up and they walk him in and, and bless the child for the fact that he, once he's given instructions, he's very good about following instructions, probably to the point of for a kid, you know, he's one of those kids. Every yeah. rule has to be followed. Yeah. Yeah. So when they told him he has to be quiet and go in the locker room and be quiet, he did that. And so I go walking up back towards my seats and you know about, you know about my seats. They're close to center mm-hmm, field. And mm-hmm. I'm like, so I get to see him coming out and I run into Jack Metz. Jack Metz is, I, I think he's the director of operations. He's one of the head of ticket sales. He was our ticket rep for several years. And I 
told them that Charlie was going to be one of them walking out. Jack pretty much ends the conversations in the middle of and comes into our seats with us where, where you know, Katie was there with the, with, the, with the two girls to watch Charlie walk out. The only reason why he came down to watch this. Now, the happy ending, with if, the, if this was a world, you know, a perfect scenario, Charlie gets to walk out with Schweinsteiger, right? You'd think that would be yeah, the... Yeah. That didn't happen. Nah, that didn't happen. But he did get to walk out with one Nemanja Nikolic. And That's Sparky was right next... Yeah, well, if, if you didn't have Schweinsteiger, I think Nico would be probably... Nico or Katai would be the next ones you'd want. Maybe mm-hmm. Gatan as well. With Sparky right next to him. So he's got Sparky, who he adores. He's got he's right with Nico. They do the anthem. He comes running back, and so I go walk over to go pick him up. He comes running over. He's like, "Dad, that was so awesome." I go, was it really worth all the trouble? No. Are you glad you did it? Yeah, that was awesome. Now you see why I wanted you to. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's parenting one on one. Sometimes you do need to break the surprises, though. But I thought it was it, it was a great story. It's a happy, it, you know, it turned out well for Charlie. He had an absolute blast of a time. We went over the other thing I learned this, you know, the corner kick seats on a colder night are probably five degrees colder than the regular seats are because that metal on your butt. Oh, yikes. yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. is not that was not pleasant. So. We went over and sat with the club, and he was with all of his his friends on his UA team, and it was it, it was an absolute blast. Result aside, but you know, and it kind of goes to my back to my whole one of the things I do like to touch on once in a while is everyone gets so hard pressed about results. Is I'm so mad I'm not going. They're terrible. How many games though that you've been to other than Dose Zero? That's in a class by itself. You because yeah. because of the repetition though. Is it the results you remember necessarily, or is it some of the other things that go with it when you remember a game? I mean, I guess it depends on the circumstances, but certainly other things uh, play a factor. You know, I mean, it, it depends on what the, like in, in some cases, sure, the players I saw were more important than the than the result. You know, like um, there have been a number of games, like I, I do actually keep track of, all the best players I've seen somewhere. I do have a, a spreadsheet actually of it. Um, and uh, you know, like what the score was and things. So I can't go check it, but it, you know, when, when it's something, when it's like a, a notable game, then yeah, I, I probably care less about the actual score line and then more about what happened. But to some extent, I guess the circumstances mean change, I, change what, like what you remember, because if, if it's like a, it's a you know a playoff game in um, in the Open Cup or or in uh, um, you know in in MLS like you you remember that that game um, and, and you remember the result uh, so in that case you know the score might actually mean something okay and that's a good point yeah I guess when championship games yeah those are the ones you might remember the result when you get into like like I've had season tickets for the Fire for a bunch of years. Is that something, you know, like I said, on games like that, do you care as much as, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and people trash the atmosphere at Toyota Park or SeatGeek Stadium or whatever they call it now. <laughs> yeah. But to me, it's I've the as bad as those games are, I still have fun. And when I see my friends there, I still have fun talking to them. I still have fun being yeah, there with my yeah. family. And I think at the end of the day, I, I and, I, and I've said this on the show, it, 
that's the that's the spot is did you have fun doing it did you have fun mm-hmm. being at the game because i like if i as many games as i've been to sporting events i've been to in my life i don't remember other than like you said championship games or when something serious happened like a 3000th hit in baseball yeah yeah it's not the results it's did you have fun and I don't know. I, like I said, I just, I, I get, you see so, and so much negativity out of the CF97 hashtag about everything. They're upset about well, I mean, everything, I, but I don't know how much of that is their own problems at this point. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure that's some of it, but you know, there, there's in that regard, it's just the history of, of the team over the last 10 years or so. And, and the history of, the team versus the fans. I mean, really, that's that's where I kind of turned my back. You know, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily that the team was bad that that made me go like, ah, God, I can't do this. Like, I, I support teams, <laughs> support teams that are bad or have been bad. Um, or in, in in most of my cases, I support teams that that aren't that aren't common winners. But um, but there is something to be said for like you know for for me, kind of the um, what what turned my back uh, with the fire was that like look they don't treat me like they respect me why should I keep giving them my money <laughs> so what, I, I, what whatever I mean I, I guess what I guess what that's, what, that's, that's what do a you need way of saying I get okay so what the question next was what is what do you need to feel respected you need a rug and a, tu- a rub and a tug I mean what do you need to feel <laughs> yes, yeah, respected as a fan I mean do you need um, you need the Bob Craft happy ending I mean my, what my <laughs> My my feeling is uh, the team needs to make an effort, and that's where I felt like the fire weren't. But then they also were doing that stuff about like, oh, you're you're not a real fan if you don't support us anywhere or whatever. And it was like, stop calling me out as a fan. It's like you're not really participating as a as a club. Who was calling you out as not being? A fan? I, I mean, I get the editorial. Are you referring to the editorial with that? The editorial is a big one, but yeah, okay, I mean, you know the. There've certainly been been um, been issues there. I also, I suppose, some of it is. I used to be a a, a member of Section Eight. Sure. I hate. I hate. Like I, I liked. I liked Section Eight. I never liked the supporters groups within Section Eight. You know. Like, sure, and you that, and you've that, and you've said that, that before. Deny. You love supporters yeah. sections. You hate supporters groups. So that, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I get that. If that fits. That fits in. It it definitely fits in with that. Like quite, um, quite frankly, I'm. I'm pretty tired of American Outlaws at this point. Like, um, I, I just got my renewal kit in the mail yesterday, and um, it was like, oh, great, yeah, um, yeah. It's like I I'm there because there's not another supporter section for the U.S. But man, their their bullshit has really like worn on me over the last few years. And and I and I think we've you've talked about that on you you've talked about that on US Fan TV before certainly yeah yeah absolutely and just in the that it's getting to be is it becoming a two PC or it's selective or select or is it I mean two PC or two selectively PC on like perhaps that's it you know to me it's like look I'm in support of don't go out and say like no no racist chants and stuff but it's like everybody's in support of that you know like you don't have to make a statement about that or you shouldn't have to because realistically that that that's common sense the stuff to me that that like i get tired of is the um 
the like cheap political statements, the stuff that like the, that I find most of these supporters groups do that they're very hollow. Like they're, they're sort of like a thoughts and prayers, <laughs> you know, like, like all the latest jokes about, Oh, they, they gave thoughts and prayers. Did they? Um, I feel like there's a lot of that in supporters groups okay. or in supporter group culture where it's like, it, it's very hollow statements and supportive things that they probably don't actually, the, the members probably don't actually support, but the group makes these things as a, uh, I don't know, like a make good or, or a look good. Um, that I, I don't know. The, the, the thought police part is, is what I guess really bothers me. I mean, the, um, for instance, with, um, with American Outlaws, it was like after Trump got elected, how we had to, we couldn't cheer against Mexico, basically. You know, it was like we had to, we had to show that we were friends with, with Mexico because otherwise you were racist. Like, they'll tell you that's not what they were saying, but they made such a hard effort at it that that's exactly what they were doing. And it really, that was like, that was where it really started turning me off because it was like, look, just because there was an election and just because it turned out the way that you and frankly, I'll admit, I don't like doesn't mean that the game next week is any different. You know, the, the, the game, the games between us and Mexico have carried baggage for years. That's why they're as important as they are. That's why they're, they're our rival. It's not because, I mean, some of it is because we're just the two best teams of the conference, but part of it is that, there's all kinds of like global baggage around both our teams. There's positive and negative stuff on both sides that makes us want to compete, makes us want to beat the other side. And to like in my mind, that's sort of what makes it great. I mean, like like I've I've said before, it's not cool that like Mexicans have chanted Osama, Osama, Osama during our national anthem when we've been playing them in Mexico. That said, I kind of like that there's that, I don't know, um, pain <laughs> to, to, the, uh, to, to the game. I like that there's that extra bite to it all. Even if, like that one, that one, I mean, I have to say like, no, they were dicks. Like they shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but there's a part of me that goes like, yeah, but it sure did make the game more important, you know? Oh so yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I, that, that was a long rambling answer. My my feeling is just that um, I feel like I, I I don't like supporters groups. I guess in the end, because I just I don't like group think in in general, kind of about anything, um, you know, for for better or for worse. And I find that they um, as they grow in power, like the clubs or the, the, you know, the, the overarching, like the, in this case, us soccer or whatever, the, um, like the team organization, um, wants to, doesn't want to look bad. So they start pressuring that, that group to do things that make them look good. And I don't know. I, 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 I it bothers me when, when that relationship happens, because one, look, I'm giving you my money to go there. You're not paying me to be there, so don't ask me to be your public relations arm. Uh, but then on top of it, I would rather, like, my, my real, I guess the reason I support supporters groups in the end, despite my, uh, my lack of favor for them, 
is just that uh, I want that day to come when the entire stadium, like it doesn't matter really where you sit, the entire stadium will start in on cheers and the entire stadium will sing that cheer. And there doesn't have to be a section that, um, that does it while everyone else sits on their hands. So you're kind of aiming for something like what Seattle, I guess in this country, Seattle or Atlanta has often, you know, more so than anything, what you're hoping you see happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I got, I got off topic there. I started rambling cause I, um, you, I was like reading, you do that. I was reading my notes about where we were going. <laughs> so, so I stopped, I stopped thinking about what I was saying and I didn't intend to say all this. So, um, I, I'm, I'm ah, also fine. like thinking while I'm, I'm talking and not necessarily remembering you know, like all my, my best thoughts here, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I want there to be a, a broader culture, I guess, and not just uh, a set group because I, I, I may go with my friends, you know, I have friends like in, in American outlaws or in, in whatever section and like whatever supporters group I'm in. It's not that, or with, it's not that I don't have friends in there, you know, I, I, but I don't have to like, I don't, I don't, I don't like it when, um, I, I don't know when, when we have to make political statements, because in the end, I don't, whether I agree or disagree with, with the political statement, I don't like that the group is making a statement at all. We're there to cheer for a soccer team. We're there to cheer about soccer. We're there to hate the other team. Okay. Yeah, and also, yeah. I, I guess you know there, there is part of me that says I want to hate the other team. I want there to be this strong animosity between us. Um, and and I don't know when you start getting too soft with everything, uh, or or too um, too too quote unquote respectful. I guess you can't. You can't hate the other team. You can't say something negative about them because you're criticizing them, you know? And it's like, well, I, I'm not saying you should be a terrible person to, to, to hate on players on the other team, but I absolutely like when you know, we harass them and get in their heads and try to mess with them, you know? I, I like that stuff. Trash talking, like without, they, with trash talking without being offensive, is that kind of where, or without yeah. being, I guess, and, and not even offensive. I think offensive might even have a, still have a place in, in that type of culture. It's just racist sexist you know is that the is that the line yeah like, i mean yeah it's like human, you know human decent you can tell you can tell me basically, he's a flaming, basically. you can tell me the flaming bag of crap because it's fun <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you, yeah. can't, you can't go and call and do anything you know go beyond that yeah i mean so. you know you don't have to like uh cut into someone on a, a personal level necessarily in order to to mess with them I, I like messing with them. <laughs> you know, like, it's part of the fun. It's part of it's why we as fans are a part of the game. You know, I don't I don't I don't like uh, I guess in general like American style of I don't I don't think in general we as Americans are very good sports fans. Um, and I know I've said all this before, but uh, I feel like you know we sit on our hands until like something big happens. Uh, uh, home run is hit a touchdown or a big hit is made in football or something the rest of the time we just kind of sit there i like when there's engagement throughout the game i like when you know we're messing with players even with like when they're warming up or when 
when they just touch the ball and you know nothing really happens. I I, I like there being more to it than than just uh, those like fleeting moments of of success. So so like I said, so but to the line. How did, was it, how did we get on this topic? <laughs> I, I, I think we started off section eight and then we kind of went off, you know, because. There's been, you know, every, the critical of Chicago, yeah. of the fire, the fact that nobody goes and, you know. And I was there and there again, there was probably generously, you might say seven or eight thousand there. There weren't many on Friday night. Again, I mean, I think, yeah, it's become again, a, but, a self-fulfilling prophecy. But of the games this year that they've had, has the weather been good for any of them? There is that, too. Yeah. I mean, it has been 40 degrees or now if they're winning, do people show up? Probably more. No, no question. There'll be more. It's not going to be packed. Even if they're no. winning, every game. they aren't that big of a, in this, in that marketplace. And I don't know, like I said, Atlanta, you don't have to mess around with that. Seattle, you, you, you know, some rain might be about it for Seattle, but you don't mess with that is like I said, how many home games in March in April, you know, early April. I think yeah. they're home again, and they're home again this weekend. Yeah, I, it's a front-loaded home schedule that I don't understand fully. And then, so you know, and I think where I wanted to go with the crowd is it, I, a couple of topics with that. But we'll go to the one that I wanted to get your your thoughts on because you did watch the game. Because the crowd, what drew me into it was um, one of the guys was it was it Anthony it was or not Anthony um, uh, talking about. That there was nobody at the Ford Madison North Texas FC. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, there, there really was. There was no one there. That place and, was empty. Right, and but you started looking at why, and then so I'm like, okay, so let's go take a look at this. Why is it so empty? And I turn it on. It looks like it's raining in sheets. It the the weather was terrible. It was cold. Uh, it didn't start. Kickoff was like nine twenty. Correct. You so know, it was like, thirty. It was thirty minutes after the FC Dallas game. Now, yeah. if and again, I if you, if you ask me, I think you put this game before. Yeah. Because you're sitting. So thirty minutes after the FC Dallas game. So any fan, I'm guessing, could hang around what they want. Or you make that FC Dallas game much earlier in the day. Right. I, you make I'm it a one thirty game I'm, or something. Well, if you're emptying the stadium, if you're looking to just piggy you know make it a double header you're fine and that's that makes sense to me but on a night where you've already been sitting in rain and 40 degrees and 40 degrees in te- and i will tell you and you know this as well as i do 40 degrees in texas is a lot worse than 40 degrees in chicago not a At question of the that. people there yeah to the yeah. people there yeah and that that's a miserable and with rain that's a miserable night i don't blame anybody for not staying so probably just the the the, the players' parents might have been the only ones there. Yeah, I mean, from the look of it, <laughs> there might have been six people in the stands, you know. So you got to watch the game, and you watched as much as you could as your ESPN Plus allowed. And I know basically you said- I watched I watched highlights uh, later on that I could find online. I mean, I, I was tracking the game, so I knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I never could get ESPN Plus to to work right. Okay, Thanks so a lot, you- ESPN Plus. So ESPN Plus, with that, I know you're not paying attention to this. Fix this stuff so I don't have to hear him complaining about it anymore. Please. <laughs> now, Just give me my money back. Yeah, there you go. Is, so two weeks till their home opener? 
Yeah, yeah, to uh, the the twenty seventh. Yeah, wait. 20... Yeah, is it sounds right? It's a Saturday, so it's t- yeah, 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 twenty seventh. Yeah, I was like, it's twenty seventh, right? And then I was trying to think about what. I guess I should know. Uh, since my birthday is tomorrow, I know what I know what today. <laughs> I know I know what tomorrow is. Um, so happy birthday to you, old man! By the time I I re- yeah, by the time. You. I- by the time I put this out there, it'll be your birthday. So we'll say happy birthday to indeed, you. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, it thank will you. be. So, um, so yeah, anyway, um, yeah, yeah, the 27th, I've got my ticket. Um, I will be there. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, last night sucked. Um, I mean, to, to get a penalty with effectively no time remaining in stoppage. Um, I mean, he certainly, it's certainly a lunge. I, I, think there was contact I, I get why a penalty was called it's it's rare to see a penalty called right there on a game that is maybe not <laughs> so meaningful you know uh, I mean it, it's it's only a second game of the season so sure um, but yeah it, it's uh, they are in, in um, last place in the uh, um, USL League one now Um uh, granted, again, it's only two games in, so sure. <laughs> not like a huge gap between first and last, but um, nonetheless, it, it does suck to be in last place. They've lost both their games now, one nothing. Um, you know, and I, it, I don't know. It's just it, it it sucks to see it happen. It, when, and it's when funny they managed to hold it all the way to there to see to see that um, as the reason you lose. That's that's pretty brutal. You know, but it's funny is you, you sit there, you say that doesn't happen. And yet this evening I, I was watching because um, my kids were watching a movie I could have cared less about. So I went and I put on the uh, Houston Dash and Seattle Rain NWSL. I found it on mm-hmm. Yahoo's on Yahoo's app. And, and I'm not kidding. Last minute of stoppage time. Same thing happens. Penalty kick awarded. Same type of. Fo- was it a foul? Yep. Not and was it clear cut, easy, no call, no brainer? No, not kind of like kind of like the Madison game. Not quite. The difference, PK got blocked. Well, that's at least good. So it re- it that's remains at least a draw. Little, it seems a little more like justice, but a little bit, yeah. But it just the irony of you. Well, that didn't. Have, what do you mean? I just saw it again today. So, <laughs> <laughs> but kind of. So again, nobody was there. Nobody was at the North Texas Madison game. And we know that won't be the case in Madison. Madison will be the madhouse. It should be. Yeah. But, I mean, they, they've got, um, they, they have some traveling fans already. Um, that, that's cool. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know if they made, I mean, you could only see say three sides of the field in, uh, in, in, uh, in Dallas. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe there were people, um, on the, uh, on the, the near side. Um, Based on the volume of the the field, the players on the field, probably not. <laughs> yeah, it certainly didn't. You're right. You're right. It certainly didn't seem like it in that regard. But I, I want to say I feel like the more I and I, is it, I don't think this is a Twitter thing because I do recall seeing this elsewhere, where attendance is almost as much of the competition as itself. You get p- into arguments about well, how many are there versus how many tickets sold? Are tickets distribute distribute? Why did that? When did that? Why did that become such? big deal i i guess yeah. I'm, I'm on a i'm on a philosophical thing tonight so i'm kind of asking a little bit of hypotheticals what why is that such a deal now 
Why does that uh, matter? I, I think it's a way for people to um, to to talk up attendance when it doesn't look like it's very good. It's a way, you know, and, and it's not just a soccer thing. I mean, it happens like baseball and stuff too, but a way to, to talk up um, how many people are, are attending a game when it when it's clear that that many people aren't really attending the game is it is it something that it's, it's sort of it's sort of like how um, uh, teams love to highlight oh we've had uh, 17 sellouts in a row or whatever and it's like yeah I've been to the game <laughs> it was not 100% full no and, and I, is it because marketing is such a I mean and you, you work in marketing you've worked in marketing in some capacity that, that maybe yeah that may be it is it the mark? Is it the marking? I'm, makes- sure, I'm sure that plays plays a role. Yeah, I mean that the fact that there's so many stats, and and I admit empty seat picks, and you know, like uh, I think it's Mike Pendleton who does all the soccer. I look at him. I'm not gonna lie and say I don't. I'd be a hypocrite if I. But at the same time, I'm like, why is it so much fighting about attendance? Why does why is it such a big deal that? Uh, my my guess is it's a bit like. Uh, ratings. It's not necessarily that it means a lot. It's that it's an easy number to to argue over. And, and maybe that's it. That people need things to argue about. You so know, ratings ratings can be um, can be manipulated. Sure. As can I attendance. Mean, it's so, yeah, exactly. Um, it's sort of like you know advertising. Uh, um, like. Uh, um, we can't. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on how, how you do it online right now, but um, to Clicks, to alter, hits. yeah, yeah, I like like all that. You, like you can you can artificially, um, you know, raise those numbers, and and it's all about you know how you you make money off it, and it's not necessarily like it's known that ratings and and you know clicks and and whatever aren't necessarily the best indicators of. Um, Say viewership or readership or, or, or you know what, whatever audience participant audience uh, um, participation, but um, they're simple numbers that that are easy to grasp. So it's it's just a um, that's how they've kind of become uh, uh, the 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 average way of tracking that stuff. So I I guess yeah I maybe I get I get that part. I just more I, I'm more curious as to why. It has to be such a point of contention for everybody. You know, the fire, if they announced, say, 10,000, and I didn't, I never heard an attendance number for Saturday but, or Friday mm-hmm. night, but if they announced 10,000, you get, there were only like 20 people there. I think yeah. it's just people don't like um, organizations lying, you know, or, or I, I take the back. It's not that they don't like it. It's that particularly in the age of social media, people like busting someone else on on something they said or did incorrectly. So it's good. I'm going to, whether, whether we'll, it's intentional or not, I'm going to touch on one more thing with these crowd thing. And then I'm going to move on. Cause I'm kind of getting dumb, but it, it's something I had a discussion with a friend and it was, what is the bigger thing? Butts in the seats or tickets sold at full price. I mean, and, and we, and again, I go back well, to the, I, the, I go back to the CF 97 hashtag and, how many times when they would do Groupons, things like that, everybody would throw a fit. Oh, my gosh. The only reason why it's full is because three-quarters of the people are – And or do you sit there and say, you fill the park however you can? 
or do you wait it's, or do you or do you, or, like it, and this we've talked about with us fan tv and that's why i kind of want to finish with this is do you want people there or do you want to maximize your revenue by having only people paying full price there i mean what i don't what, i i don't want to like take a cop out but but there is a, a middle ground there there's some 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 gray in there you know it's it's not simply black and white because in the end you want as many people as you can get to pay full price sure but realistically the more people you can get in-house the better the atmosphere in general which in turn makes you know makes it more likely a lot of people will return you know the the thing about um full price tickets is in many cases those people will pay regardless you know they'll, mm-hmm. they'll pay whether it's good or bad Sure. Um, that that's why that's why every uh, sporting uh, every team and every sport is after corporate dollars. You know, they that's why that's why they have more um, uh, box seats and whatever, or uh, uh, luxury boxes in, in every stadium. It's that they're selling that to corporations who are just spending the money regardless, and then it's just it's just flat revenue. And you know, it's, it's sure. not um, you don't you don't have to go out and and sell it basically um and in that regard sure they they care more about getting that money in than they do about getting the people behind it but um on like your average seat there's a mix because you do want people in there because well one they spend more than in-house you know you get the concessions which you get a larger cut in general probably sure. i mean de- depends on Depends on your your um, uh, your your agreement with your vendors and, and sure. whatever, but um, you know they're, they're more likely to buy food and, and drinks and whatever, and you know jerseys or you know like your, your souvenirs. Well, and I was gonna I was gonna kind of ask when you get a cheaper nice. t- when you get a cheaper ticket, do you feel as bad about spending on food, beer, a jersey, whatever? I, I don't know. I mean, my, my tendency is to think that people probably look at it as um, if they if they went on five bucks, they probably didn't see value in it being twenty five bucks or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know that they're going, well, I would have spent 20 on the another 20 on this anyway. So I don't care if I put 20 to this other thing. So I, I, I would tend to guess that anybody who's buying it at a discount is probably just taking it as the discount is the real price. So that may not mean as much, but I don't know. It's possible. I mean, I guess I think of it of if I get a cheap ticket, like a free ticket or something, I'm like, eh, well, it was money. I, you know, if I was buying a ticket, mm-hmm. I was going to spend mm-hmm. it anyway. I might as well, yeah. you know, spend it and get something out of it. I guess that was kind of. So I'm going to bring the I'm going to bring the show back around to a little bit of soccer talk here because uh, <laughs> I got a I got I got kind of a Brian Battle who who is the final editor of OTF Soccer. Um, he sent this thing out, and this was it was sent last week. It uh, was on the tenth. He sent this in relation to the Toronto games. So this is Chicago Fire like tactical talk, and I don't know how much this you will be able. But um, and he was talking, about, and I thought they were really good questions. And I kind of I was gonna try and sneak a show in last week so I could address all of this. And then I'm like, why don't I wait till after the Vancouver game and kind of see how much of this still fits in. And how much you know that we can talk about it almost on more of a seasonal level. And his first point was um, with with uh, with Panov- with uh, Velko Panovich, 
His evolving philosophy were bunker encounters okay, maybe because maybe necessary because of personnel. Now, the Vancouver game, I don't know how much of you saw. I, I obviously I was there. They didn't play bunker encounter. They couldn't. They were on the front foot. They were they were the ones. I, I, yeah, I do the know they had possession like uh, almost twice as much. But but and possession I always take as a little bit misleading because that the Red Bulls game that they did win. Red Bull had more possession overall, but it didn't feel like it. You know, you mm-hmm. knew where the possession is as part of that. Where yeah, the Toronto, true, yeah. like when they had possession in Toronto, it was deep or it was just straight counter. I guess my point out of this is necessary because of personnel. And I did touch on this earlier. And I is without having Frankowski, without having that wing play, forcing where getting his 11 best on the field, you start putting people out of position. And Sometimes it works, you know, um, and then then you get games like Seattle where you have Hassler playing out of position and everybody, and next thing you know, you're down 3 nothing or 2 nothing, and it's, you know, two minutes into the game, it felt like. So sometimes it works, but I, I feel like that Panovic has had to do a lot of that to try and get his best 11 between injuries and just lack of lack of depth of having it. Is that a positive or a negative? Do you is, do you think you get your best eleven, or do you try and get the best shape, or how do you? What do you think? I mean, that's I think it's a valid question in that sense. Well, I mean, I think you always want your best eleven out there, but um, does that mean you take your eleven best, like say eleven most skilled players at all times? Mm-hmm. I, I I that I, I don't think is always the case. You know, I, I do think there are instances where it's better to have your system um, much like, you know, we talked about uh, uh, like Michael Bradley and Jermaine Jones. Um, you know, it, it can be that to, um, to make things work best for say your best player, or your two best players or whatever you've got that you have to kind of create a system around them. And, I, I understand what you're saying about, like, kind of, as we talked before, um, before the show, that if there's not enough coverage on, on say, the left side of the field, uh, because, you know, C.J. Sapphire or somebody is, is cutting inside, um, can, you, can you dump all that on uh, a fullback who, you know, has to then cover uh, a third of the field, like, you know, Which- end to end? Which I and I think back kind of into that the Costa Rica game in the last round of qual- in in um in Costa Rica where Jermaine Jones going walk about left a whole side of the field open yeah so something like that as long as somebody gets over there on occasion and you know that that's not a complete hole that works but you got to be able to communicate that and I always wonder um anybody who's talking you know Battle was talking about Panovich's philosophy. As long as Panovich has been in charge of the fire, have you ever have you seen a philosophy? Do you see anything? <laughs> um, I've not noticed that the fire have an overarching philosophy in the way that say um, Atlanta say Columbus had one. Um, Atlanta, Atlanta has one. Had yeah. one last season. Um, I. <sighs> Maybe you could say LAFC has one, maybe. Um, but uh, I, I think it's more, it's the, 
um, it's the style he feels is best for the match. Which and that, I, I suppose plays to then, you know, getting your most capable 11. Maybe that's it. getting your most capable 11 out there as opposed to perhaps your, your best 11. And I, th- and I think you're right. I th- and I feel like, and I think I've even hinted at this when we do talk about the fire is that Panovich's philosophy is what's going to do the job to best position to win. Which I've, what, I, what I've noticed with Panovich's teams is they're always, with, with, a, with, a, with a few exceptions, and I think Seattle this year is one of them, they're set up tactically to be in the best position to be in the game. Mm-hmm. Which brings it to the next point that Battle put out. Panovich's, poor Pano's t- tactical choice of subbing in, in Gatan instead of Bronico. And this goes back to the Toronto game. I, and I'm going to cut it off there because it kind of is where I do have a, my one big criticism of Panovich is his tactical substitutions usually suck. And it's not been just this year. And it's not either. He doesn't have the horses. It's if I feel like they come out, they are prepared. They're in the game. They have, are best suited to win that game. And then once the tactics, the in-game tactics start coming in, what are you doing? <laughs> are you asking me? Yeah. Oh, uh, Lori's getting some ice. Ah, uh, okay. Anyway, um, but it's just, I feel like that in game that tactically they don't adjust well. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. Do you think that's because of the actual players, or do you think that's um, simply him not reading the game well and so just putting in the wrong player? I think it's. I want to say I think it's a combination of both. I think the lack of depth doesn't allow him to have the flexibility when you want to sub in a certain player. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're trying to jam jam a piece in that may not necessarily fit. But I sometimes I, I feel it's the opposite that that he just he doesn't get a good feel on the game necessarily as it goes along. But I rarely do they I feel like they're not prepared. So that yeah. does that tells me he can read a game. That's not a question. Of course, you don't win a World Cup at any level unless you can read a game. Sorry. <laughs> He's won a youth World Cup. He can read a game. That's not a question. Like, one of the things I was going to say, I mean, I, I would say that over the last few years, I've not noticed that the Fire have signed like for like or like you know, players to fill spots so much as they've just signed players. Flexibility? Sure. Uh, I just like that. I feel, but I think you're right. I feel like you don't get a guy who plays one spot other than goalkeepers. When most of the guys, when they sign them, they can play in one more than one position. It seems like. I think that tries to to balance out the lack of depth, but but mediocre in two positions versus good in one position. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So of all trades, master of none. yeah. Yeah. And the next, and the next point battle makes because this one I want to kind of go um, dig into a little bit. Um, Georgie Mihaljevic uh, was had to play mm-hmm. a, play a legit eight, and I since they've got Gatan, I feel like Georgie's had trouble getting onto the field a little bit. When we saw him in Camp Cupcake; he looked great. Mm-hmm. In the first couple games of the fire, he I thought he was solid, but now he's having trouble. And then if the other one you look at is with DC United, Chris, it was Chris Durkin. He first start was yesterday, scored a goal. But he too, these two guys that went into camp cupcake, 
are having trouble getting on the field in MLS. I, any, any, what do you think? I what mean, do you, MLS is notorious for not really getting giving um, playing time to young players, and and some of that is, I think, the lack of depth in the rosters. So there is. Um, there's not as much space to work with, you know, that, that you can't necessarily give um, give somebody a run out when you've only got, like, one one spot on the field to, to kind of slot them into. Or they have to be able to, to play that exact spot. And, and when you're young, are you able to? You know, um, it, it's... You become a, a cog as opposed to... Um, I don't know, as, as opposed to like a true creative force or something. Kind of like um, uh, Andrew, um, uh, shit, what's his name at Atlanta? I don't know. I'm not um, going to think of it tonight. Anyway, um, you know, you, you see, <clears throat> rather than see like um, real capability or like real uh, creativity, they kind of get slotted into, um, I feel like into a, into a wing spot or something, you know, where it's like here you can try some stuff, but you can't do a lot of damage probably. Um, and I, I don't, I don't feel like you see a lot of, um, major responsibility put on, on these young guys, which whatever, <laughs> maybe that's always the case unless you're maybe in Germany. But I, I think, I, now that I'm, I, I was, was trying to like think of my argument as I was making it, so I, I'm kind of rambling here. My point is that um, you the, the the lack of depth, I think, in the overall rosters means that you kind of have your say eleven picked out, and you may okay. not have as much picked out among your like twelve to fifteen. And so those those youth players that <clears throat> maybe don't stand out amongst that twelve to fifteen yet only get in when I don't know when, when there's like a a sort of free shot to put them in. So and I, I, I get, but I mean you're talking about Durkin and Mahalovic. These guys are good enough to get a run out for the national team. Yeah. How could how could they not be in the best eleven on their MLS sides? I mean, Kellen Acosta was uh, uh, potentially the you know the future of the national team for a while there, and then got uh, pretty well dumped by uh, FC Dallas for a while. Yeah, now before he's... he before he got shipped off to Colorado. Sure, and he's never found. But it, it that just seems interesting. That what is the national team seeing these guys that you know that um, that in Dal- Dallas and are. DC United and the fire aren't seeing and with Durkin and just that it may be that, that, you know, the games they've gotten the chance to go play in for say the national team haven't meant a lot. Sure. You know, there's, there's more room for experimentation uh, than there is maybe in season in, in MLS. Um, But I, 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 in general, I don't know. I, I guess I just feel like um, I've tried to figure out kind of why, why does MLS have such a problem giving youth players opportunities? 
And I think it has something to do with the fact that there's not a lot of there's not a lot of depth on these rosters because there's not enough. I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. One is if there was more money, then presumably you'd have even better players and they'd have an even harder time getting on the field. But I think some of it is it, there's not enough money to like build the team overall. So you end up with like very specific needs for for players. Top heavy, um, top heavy rosters, kind of, and and you can only there's only so much you can experiment with, and when um when when you've got a a young player who maybe you're not sure exactly where to play, yet, you know, like you don't know is he is he um is he a six or an eight is he uh is he a four <laughs> you know is he like where like you're just seeing that, yeah, he has a lot of talent, but what is his like? What what is his real position? And that's something I think you have to play kind of to, to to find, you know. And and I guess I don't know. I guess I kind of I'll wrap it up on this kind of a dig. If you know, if if these because these games don't matter because it's just an inner squad game. It's MLS playing MLS. These games don't matter, right? Yeah. Why should and it's all done just so Soccer United Marketing can make all the money. Why wouldn't you want to run the guys out you can make more money on with Soccer United, other Soccer United Marketing pro, you know, products? That does make sense, yeah. But this, you know, if these games all mattered because we had promotion and relegation, then of course then you're going to you're not going to want to have But these games don't matter. They're all inter-squad scrimmages. Why wouldn't you want the guys out though that can make money elsewhere for you in, in two spots it seems counterintuitive to me or maybe it's that these competitions do matter i don't know that's that's another that's a show that's a topic that's an entire show in and of itself and lord knows that's not happening well until lent is over that's for darn sure i got i gotta tell you that <laughs> I, got, I got another week and actually i've got two weeks i did have a couple drinks when i was on vacation of no alcohol, and there's no way I'm doing a pro-rel show <laughs> without copious amounts of alcohol around me for that show. But I will do it if, if there's enough the people that say they want you want to deep dive into it. I'll, I'm more than happy to go into a pro-rel show. Why? Because I can. Got to get Ben Fast on. God, no. <laughs> I, want some, I want a rational conversation, not... You know, that'd be like having, having a political discussion with Sarah Sanders. You know, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> A dog might get cooked, but that'd be about, or was it a bird? A bird in a microwave? Anyway. All right, so this is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod, and it can be found at Minivan Dad Pod. I'm joined tonight by Chris Combs from U.S. Fan TV fame. From US maybe at, from U.S. Fan TV. Maybe. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody's got to find Pat and start going to the U.S. Fan TV Twitter feed, the Facebook page, the Instagram, Snapchat if you know how to find it. And just remind Pat that there's a show out there that needs to be done. We need to get him back. So yeah, if somebody, if somebody, re- if somebody wants to start Pat, sending Most of the responses right now are coming from me. So if somebody, you know, wants to Venmo him some money to get, a, get him out of his <laughs> salary dispute, you know, I'm sure 50 cents would probably take care of it. Maybe a dollar. You know, maybe we, maybe we pass the hat around for Pat so we can get him back. Maybe we, so we can get a new hat. We buy him a new hat. Maybe that's the key. <laughs> Hat to Pat, hat to Pat. Pass the hat for Pat. Um, but we do need Pat back on because, I mean, 
There's always he's always got a, a few good opinions in there, and besides, he's Emmy award winning hat guy. <laughs> so to wrap it up, we're at mini. It's this is the minivan dad soccer pod at minivan dad pod. I can be found at TJ Zaremba. I've got Chris with me tonight at Fine Tooth Combs or at US Fan TV. More than happy. Thanks for coming on again, Chris. Um, you know, I brought you on because I we did this late because you were going to do Game of Thrones recap, and you we don't have one yet, do we? <laughs> no, no, not tonight. I'll have I guess it tomorrow. I, no, I was watching playoff hockey and playoff basketball, so probably a better use of your time. I I can tell you, I have never well, seen playoff that. hockey. Did not go to my liking. Yeah. Tonight, but... Well, you're a Blues fan, of course. It's never going to go your. <laughs> I mean, it took the Cubs 106 years. You still got some time between <laughs> titles. So. Um, so follow him at Fine Tooth Combs. You're at US Fan TV. I can be at Minivan Dad Pod or at TJ's Run. But thanks for listening, everybody. Hopefully, it'll be less than two weeks and we'll be back. And thanks for listening. Minivan Dad, Minivan Dad, Minivan Dad, Soccer Pod. With TJ.